Welcome to Mornings with Mike. Public Safety Today. Grab a coffee and sign up to receive your call-in information. Be a part of the show. For more information at any time, please visit www.tapsd.org. Now, let's get started with your host, Mike Pazesny. Good morning, folks, to our second hour of broadcast this morning with Public Safety Today. We're focusing on crisis intervention as it it applies to our schools. So we've been talking about the schools, and the schools are culpable culpable to a certain extent uh, for the violence that we're having within them because of the 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 physical architecture of these schools and what we have done. You know, it used to be, I remember having attended a school way, way, way back when, where it was a small building and uh, they literally had from first grade through 12th grade in this one school building. Um, And I can still remember, you know, some of the neat friendships that I made with some of the older kids. And we were able to all play together. Uh, the older kids had their kind of corner of where they would congregate, and we had ours as little kids and all that. But for the most part, there was no uh, no violence, no none of this criminal behavior. It was it was actually a, a symbiotic kind of relationship where the the schools and the, uh, the school teachers and the older kids worked together to help the younger kids, and, and a really a nice thing. Now we have schools that are that are cities. In and, on, in and of themselves. We have these mega schools. And the problem with these mega schools is they have, they have extracurricular activities, a plethora of them, but they only have a very few students who can participate in any of these activities. So they disenfranchise large numbers of students who can't ever get into some of the activities that they're actually involved in. And as a result of that, you have a lot of students who are isolated. And these isolated students then grow in their own kind of a vacuum. And this vacuum that they fill goes into unmonitored areas, the parking lots and the bathrooms and the corners where people don't typically walk around very much. And all of a sudden now we have these um, these kids who get involved with these little groups that can grow into um, uh, dissonance you know, distance-based organizations. Uh, a school reduces violence when its staff and teachers have high expectations, when they care about and when they're involved in their students in some kind of an inclusive way, when they enforce rules and procedures, when they maintain the buildings, when they keep the classrooms neat and clean, when they involve the kids in participating in keeping the school clean and keeping the school safe. But you can't do that when you're operating an institution which is so huge and which has areas that, that gangs can grow in that, uh, that you lose the ability to, to control different things. We have to increase school safety beyond all this high-tech stuff, and we have to involve the psychological well-being as well. We have to build a, a sense of community and family into these schools and have the students participatory in the school safety process. So it takes everybody in the community working together as a team to combat uh, gangs, right? The Bureau of Justice Department came up for a model for combating gangs called SARA, SARA being an acronym for Scanning, Analysis, Response, and Assessment. And SARA uses all these different stakeholders 
and building a safe community involved in continuous and ongoing linkages that set goals and plans together to make little victories here and there. Um, the Sarah approach benefits communities by not letting gangs gain a further foothold in the community. It tries to improve the performance by those students who went to school in fear each day by giving them more confidence and more support. Uh, Sarah uh, initiate, initiates tend to experience less teacher stress, less burnout. There's a decreased need for security in a lot of cases. There's fewer injuries to staff and to other students. And there's a renewed sense of freedom uh, in um, uh, within the community. So it's it's important uh, if you want to go check out the Bureau of Justice Department's model for combating gangs. Uh, Sarah is something which has been seen as being a pretty good uh, pretty good setup. The U.S. Department of Education provided a booklet that dealt with the uh, SVJO, the Serious Violent Juvenile Offender, and that SVJO category um, involved those students. Uh, who were involved in school shootings and homicides and injuries um, and what individuals that didn't fall into the SVJO category. And we're going to be taking a look at the SVJO category as well as what is now being considered uh, to be a little bit more current, which is the EVJO category, which is E stands for estranged rather than the term serious. The term estranged violent juvenile offender, EVJO, EVJOS, is chosen because those juveniles typically are separated from their peers in some kind of a way. And they don't feel friendly toward their peers of the school system. In contrast to a gang culture where violence is generated in order to bind all of its members together in perpetuation of that gang's growth and stature, the EVJO is typically isolated and doesn't have any allegiances unless it's to a very few members. Again, think about Dylan and Klebold, right, who are experiencing the same kind of estrangement. Estranged violent juvenile offenders can be partitioned into two major categories, those who are mentally ill and those who are not mentally ill. Uh, just because you know you think anybody who would shoot a number of their own fellow classmates must be crazy doesn't mean that they necessarily are. The um, the characteristics that fall within the FBI's Critical Incident Response Group and the National Center for the Analysis of Violent Crime uh, refers to a four-pronged assessment model. The four-pronged assessment model that the FBI uses in their Critical Incident Response Group planning considers four things, the student, the family dynamics, the school dynamics, and the social dynamics. The student, family, school, and social dynamics. There are a couple different things that you should take a look at if you're interested in early warning uh, characteristics of the potentially violent juvenile. Uh, early warning, timely response, a guide to safe schools, uh, which was done by Dwyer, Osher, and, and Warger, and the FBI's The School Shooter, a Threat Assessment Perspective that was put out by the Federal Bureau of Investigation. Uh, both of those um, publications summarize the characteristics of the potentially violent youth. So when we take a look at behaviors and communications that stack up and the potential for violence, let's take a look at some of these categories that, that, uh, that should ring some bells to us. One is an abuse of childhood. 
sexual, psychological, and physical abuse in childhood are very fertile fields in which the SVJO and the EVJO take root and grow as exposure to violent role models there at home, maybe maternal or paternal deprivation, um, a lot of moves, a loss of a parent, uh, inconsistent discipline, rejection within home, all those kinds of things are characteristics of both the SVJO and the EVJO. There's little parental control or supervision of curfews, little parental control of Internet access or of television. Both of these kinds of kids uh, may rule the roost at home, and the parents might be intimidated and afraid of them. For the EVJO, who does have a positive and supportive family, the sense that that student has of integration into the family will probably be weak and alienated. They're still feeling excluded from things. He'll probably express contempt for his parents, probably dismiss their role in his life. Uh, he'll insist on having a huge degree of privacy. And as a result of that, the parents will have very little information about his activities, what his friends are like, or what his school life is all about. If that EVJO is mentally ill, remember there's two categories, the mentally ill and the ones who aren't. If the EVJO is mentally ill, even though he has a very supporting family situation and he's got a lot of nurturing and care and attention, uh, the parents may be in denial about the potential for violence of the EVJO because they think that they have done such a good job of raising the, the, the kid. Uh, and so then you'll have those problems as they are being reactive to what it is that they're doing. All right. Then we have academic problems. The SVJO will probably have a history of social problems that includes things like truancy or poor grades or discipline problems, that kind of stuff. Maybe they have ADHD and conduct disorder. Remember, conduct disorder is one of the early uh, precursors to antisocial personality disorder. Maybe they have this conduct disorder may be a high predictor of fuel, uh, future violent behavior for the SVJOs. The EVJO insofar as their academic problems are concerned, will probably be passively compliant in school. They might have actually even do well in school. Because of the fact that EVJO isn't noticed very much, um, they may be even respected by the teachers because it's like, well, Johnny's never a problem. Johnny does fine in his studies. He's not an ace performer, but you know he's an intelligent kid. He does fine. And so they're going to discount the fact that Johnny has all these issues. The mentally ill EVJO, with response to their academic problems, may experience a lot of academic problems because the, the contact that they are able to maintain is abbreviated within the reality and the demands of the classroom. They just have a difficult time being able to focus on, on what's going on. But, but because they're not acting out in the process, uh, they're not really even noticed all that much. Uh, altered states of consciousness, even if the psychoactive substances aren't ingested, the cognitive processes of psychoactives will lead both the SVJO and the EVJO to some limited reality testing. You know, um, They'll say something like, well, I don't know, I, I just blanked out. Uh, I wasn't really there. You know, I was, it was, uh, the, what I was doing was like watching a video on TV. Those are the characteristic comments of SVJOs and EVJOs who have altered states of consciousness. If you have a mentally ill EVJO, they may operate in the state of altered consciousness all the time and have very minimal contact with what the reality is of anything that they're doing. And then if they're self-medicating by taking psychotropic drugs, they make, they make the situation even worse and increase the potential for violent behavior. 
Not everybody has heard about low frustration tolerance or LFT. Um, LFT, both types react to stress in some self-defeating ways. The SVJO that has LFT, well, we're going acronym crazy today, aren't we, is more likely to have that short fuse thing going on, and they're more likely to be aggressive in a, in a stressful situation. But the EVJO will typically flee the situation. They'll be much more passive. The LFT of the SVJO is much more immediate, and you can see it very quickly because they just kind of blow up. The EVJO are going to have a lot less observable behavior manifestations because that anger is turned inward to them, and they're just going to let it soak in, and it's going to fester for a while. So they will be the one to back off into those shadows. Even though they're just as frustrated, you're not going to typically see it, and you're going to think that Johnny is doing okay. The SVJO is the stereotypical bully. Okay, they're a bully at the school. They might be a victim at home, and what they're trying to do is they're trying to compensate for the loss of control on the home front by making up for it at school. The EVJO is the typical bullied child. They may be the passive victim or the aggressive victim. If they're the aggressive victim, they'll attempt to retaliate when they're attacked by somebody. The aggressive victim then that they are is seen as a bully. So it's kind of misdiagnosed by everybody as to what's really going on. The passive bullied child is, again, lonely and socially isolated at school, whereas the aggressive victim is very disliked and you know almost notorious because they're always on the attack. So both of these people are handling things from a different a different methodology, a different perspective. Both of them are being bullied, but because one of them is being aggressive about it and the other one is um, isolating themselves, uh, more attention is drawn to that person, that EVJO, uh, which is uh, aggressive. Uh, we talked a little bit about chemical and substance abuse with the mentally ill EVJO. Discontinued use of prescription psychotropic meds may be a problem. Maybe they'll discontinue their psychotropic meds and combine that reduction of prescription with illicit drugs that give them the effect that they like. And as a result of that, that might precipitate a violence episode. So we need to ensure that substance abuse does not replace prescription meds that are meant to appropriately help them through whatever problem it is that they might have. Criminal behavior, contrary to the gangbanger who's got a long history of contacts with the police, uh, EVJOs don't. EVJOs, again, are seen as good and compliant students. You know, oh, he's a quiet kid, you know, that kind of thing. So they typically don't show a lot of um, um, criminal behavior. If they do have any contacts with the police, it's probably a misdemeanor type thing, passive acts, that kind of thing. Now, if the EVJO is mentally ill, they may have contact with the authorities uh, due to domestic disturbance calls, you know, showing out of some kind. And it might be because of the uh, psychotropic meds that they're on that they quit taking and then they had side effects and that's what led them to being in the situation that they're in. Or maybe they traded off meds with somebody. Maybe somebody said, oh, you're feeling depressed? Well, here, take this. This helps me to feel better. And all of a sudden they're wigging out in a grocery store someplace and uh, it's handled by a criminal justice response that is not um, trained well enough to understand that what they're looking at is a crisis intervention situation and they handle it as a criminal situation and then all of a sudden Johnny is into this never-ending spiral of criminality as he's labeled and shuffled through the system. 
delayed cognitive and effective development, both of these types uh, may not have become concrete in their development. Uh, maybe their linear thinking has been stunted. Maybe they have uh, done some drugs over their time frame, which is preventing them from being able to mature appropriately. Um, but the, the, the finality of death and the realness and pain of bodily injury to, to these delayed people may be to them a lot like a game of cops and robbers. And so their effective development stunts their ability to perceive their environment in a realistic way. Uh, there may be some kids who are suffering from depression. And when the SVJOs demonstrate their short fuse and their rapid mood swings, the EVJOs will typically be characterized by depress depressive characteristics in which the anger is what? It's turned inward. That anger is constantly turned inward on these EVJOs. The EVJO may be serious to the point of sullenness and appear like there's little humor in the world that that no matter what you try to do to cheer them up, that it's, it's never going to happen. And then the severely depressed EVJO may see the endpoint of retaliation against his tormentors and the bullying to be the endpoint for himself, and may see suicide as a viable option after they've exacted revenge. And this is where we get these EVJOs who are in the shadows, who everybody thinks is basically a nice guy, maybe a little weird, but he's basically a nice guy. This anger is festering inside of themselves. They don't communicate to others this anger. They just continue to let it seethe, and they get to a point where they have to retaliate against those people. And when they retaliate, that's the end point they see for themselves. They commit suicide after the retaliation, and then everybody says, oh, my gosh, what happened to him? Why did he go off like that? External locuses of control, loci of control. Um, fate, God, you know, the government, whatever. Uh, these external entities play a large part in the behavior of both the SVJO and the EVJO. The SVJO may view himself as the, the victimizer, as a way of gaining power and the victim because of their circumstances. The EVJO always assumes a victim status. Again, they're the ones who are in the shadows. So this external uh, locus of control, uh, both of these people will place blame on others for the way that they've turned out. The EVJO's external locus is tied to this low self-concept that they have, and so this only reaffirms for them their being inadequate to everybody in the world around them. The mentally ill EVJO, from an external locus of control perspective, because they're mentally ill, may be that student that receives, quote-unquote, messages from, quote-unquote, voices that tell him to act against others. And so from a crisis intervention perspective, that kind of helps you to identify that student. One of the best predictors of violence, obviously, would be past violence. When threats of violence are coupled with a past history of violence, the probability of violence just increases because it's an inherent part of the individuals that you're dealing with. The SVJO will more likely to be clear, intermediate, and direct with the threats that they make. The EVJO, back in those shadows, more likely to be implied or conditional, more likely to have veiled threats of violence. The mentally ill EVJO may make threats that commingle reality with fantasy and may see individuals you know, symbolized in some way as objects that are threatening to them. Hypersensitivity will come into play. Uh, when we come back, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to talk about hypersensitivity, impulsively, mental illness, and role models in the EVJOs and the SVJOs that might be the students who create crisis intervention problems for you in the schools. Don't go away. Be right back.
We hope you enjoyed today's training presentation with your host, Mike Pozesny. Please visit www.tapsd.org, America's best source for online public safety training. Thank you for being America's peacekeepers. Visit www.tapsd.org for more information on how to subscribe or enroll and learn how you can build a career today.